Hi, this is David Harewood, and you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and for this episode of the podcast, I am joined by Alessandro Maniscalco of JLU Podcast to discuss the season three episode of the show titled In Search of Lost Time. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, Alessandro. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm very excited to have you because uh, you are one of the contributors of JLU Podcast, and uh, I've had such a great time chatting with you and Sam and the rest of the team about the DCEU movies that I'm now very excited to have you on to talk about Supergirl. So this is going to be a lot of fun. But before we get to talking about this week's episode of the show... I am very curious about your history with the Supergirl character. Where and when did you first encounter the character? Let me give you a rundown. Uh, So to the best of my memory, I think my first exposure to Supergirl was actually the Supergirl movie from 1984 with Helen Slater. Um, There was a brief time I was actively reading like the Peter David run of the the Supergirl comics in the 90s. Uh, But I wouldn't be able to recount any of the stories I was in middle school at the time (laughs) I was reintroduced to the character in college in the early 2000s when I discovered crisis on infinite earths and the Batman super Superman apocalypse, the crossover comic. I thought that was awesome. Is that the uh, Jeff Loeb? Yes. Story. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I love what they did with Supergirl in that comic. And when I saw Supergirl on the show, Smallville, it seemed she seemed to be inspired by the version of the character from the Batman Superman comic, so I really like that portrayal of, of Supergirl. Yeah, she uh, she comes to Earth and she's sort of in that uh, cryogenic sleep, like in that in that run on, on the comics. Yeah, well, it it sounds like th- that you have followed Supergirl through a, a good portion of her iterations. That's really cool that you started with the Supergirl movie. And then you followed her in the comics and in uh, some of the adapted media. So that's that's awesome. Well, I, I'm I'm glad that we've we've uh, gotten you here to the CW series uh, to where she is in her her modern day <laughs> uh, version. And of course, you know, as you know, I had a a ba- uh, daughter last year, and we, my wife and I named her Kara after Supergirl. But we, we like to call her Kira sometimes in honor of Cat Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Kira, Kara, Kara, whatever her name is, she'll answer to it. It'll be fine. Um, that's awesome. You have a little Supergirl at home. I think that's great. That's great. Well, make sure that she puts a cape on from time to time. Absolutely. She might need it for all of her super heroics that she's going to be doing in life. That's awesome. Well, um, thank you for sharing your Supergirl history. Um, you seem to be pretty knowledgeable about the character. Um, so uh, let's get into our discussion of this week's episode, the season three episode titled In Search of Lost Time. Here is the official description. Quote, when Mirren inadvertently causes psychic disturbances at the DEO, Supergirl must work with Jean to contain the resulting chaos. Meanwhile, Monel begins training Kara in fighting techniques he's learned in the future for battling world killers, unquote. So this was a big episode for Mirren and Jean and how they were trying to figure out how to handle what's going on with him. So, Alessandro, what did you think about Mirren and Jean and how they're they're trying to get through what's uh, happening to Mirren? We never really consider how superpowered individuals would be like when suffering ailments like humans do uh, except for maybe in superman 4 when 
Clark gets a cold from Nuclear Man, but right, right. <laughs> but it was pretty powerful stuff, I think, in this episode, and it was interesting how Mirren was sort of easing in getting stuff, while Sam was easing into remembering stuff, and both were kind of struggling with coming to terms with doing things they didn't remember. So it was a nice parallel. And uh, but as far as Mirren and John, the use of the uh, Marlon Brando line from the original Superman movies, it was a nice homage and fit very well with the theme of the episode and what John and Mirren were going through. But the, the one thing that did bother me is when John actually says the son becomes the father to Mirren, it felt a little on the nose. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I didn't mind it being said earlier on when Kara was recounting her uncle Jarrell and what he had said. Uh, but when Jean actually said it to his father, I was like, okay, that's a little too much. I can go, I can go with it that first time, but it's a little too much. Uh, but yeah, I actually would uh, agree with you that this actually, when they said the son becomes the father and the father the son, it actually fit the context of this episode, I thought, a little bit better than Superman the movie and the Marlon Brando usage of it. Um, just because the whole idea of here is this this man, Jean, who is now having to become kind of the father to his father because his father is losing his memory and he has to be taken care of like a child. I thought that that was actually a lot more fitting. Definitely. And you pointed out the parallel that was going on in this episode between Mirren and Sam, and I thought that that was really effective because Mirren at one point says, I've done nothing wrong. I would never hurt anyone. And Sam was also trying to make that case to Lena that she's like, you know, you know, I've never killed anybody. I, I get squeamish when I have to kill a bug for my daughter. It's it's not something that's in me. And so I think they were both having to fight the idea that they could possibly hurt someone. And I, I really liked the exploration of that because they both had something that they were trying to figure out and trying to grapple with. And uh, they had different outcomes uh, happening with that. So I definitely did enjoy the parallels between Mirren and Sam in this episode. Yeah, me too. So where do you see the Mirren and Jean storyline going? Oh, wow. That is a great question. Uh, I'm not entirely sure I could answer that. <laughs> I imagine that it'd be hard to carry the character over to the next season. So I think it's very possible that uh, he'll die. And possibly in some sacrifice to save Jean or someone else. I don't know. Well, I was trying to think about where they might be taking this because uh, there was a line where Mirren is apologizing to everyone at the DEO. And he says, I was so fearful of losing control of what's left of my life. I refused to accept what was happening. And it nearly cost me everything I hold dear. So him talking about what's left of my life seemed to be hinting at something like you mentioned about him maybe doing something sacrificial to save other people. It would certainly introduce a new sort of element of choosing the way you die, you know, versus, you know, sort of not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, and I, I think your point about seeing superhero characters like this having to go through something that sort of makes them weaker, and in a lot of ways it's making him weak, but I think he's having to pick himself up and, and try to move past this and, and uh, make peace with, with what's going on with him. I think that shows a lot of strength in his character that he would be able to do that. And I loved Supergirl... I know a lot of Jean and Mirren stuff happened in this episode, but I thought the moment when Supergirl tries to encourage Mirren was really beautiful, and I thought it was a very Supergirl thing for her to say. She says, I know how hard it is when everything we know to be true changes, but sometimes all we can do is just accept the way things are and make the best of it. And uh, sometimes that is true. I, I think sometimes you, you want to try to do everything you can to to make things better, but sometimes there are situations where you can't. And so in that case, you just have to try to do your best. And I thought that was really great that she tried to encourage him to do that. And I think he ends up taking that advice. Well, and the great thing about that line is 
you know, we we're we're good at giving other people advice, but we're not good at taking our own advice. <laughs> that's that's very true. And this was and that actually was the lesson that she should have been learning too with Monel and how she can't change you know what happened with him and she was sort of telling him the lesson that she was also needing to learn. I, I think that's a great point because there are some things about the Kara and Monel relationship that she is trying to, in some ways, make peace with and make the best of. And uh, we do see a lot of that in this episode that she she and Monel kind of come to terms with uh, what has happened in the past, how things are going now, and and finding out how to move forward. And I, I really like that dynamic of the episode as well. So it's, it's cool to see that these characters are sort of influencing each other and trying to make themselves better. I really, I really liked that aspect of this episode that they were all very encouraging to each other. And I thought it was a great way to show that Mirren, you know, his, his struggle is uh, a real thing and it's 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 something that i think a lot of viewers and and some of our listeners even are are kind of uh identifying with that um when something like this happens especially in our real world where dementia happens alzheimer's happens uh you know people really have to deal with this and it's very hard it's very difficult on the person going through it it's difficult on the people who are in that person's life trying to help them go through it and i I especially liked in this episode that Alex shared a story and we get, we learned more about her family and, and uh, her grandmother, Eliza's mother, uh, where she shares the story of when Eliza's mother ran a red light and Eliza had to take away her keys and how that was so hard because it wasn't something she wanted to do because her mother got mad at her, but it was something that she needed to do in order to protect her and keep everybody safe. And uh, so I liked that Alex was able to share that story of, uh, showing that sometimes it's a matter of these these people being afraid of losing their dignity and their independence, and so. Uh, but but sometimes it's you know it's it's the uh, I don't want to say the burden, but the responsibility of the child in this situation is trying to do what's right for everybody, trying to protect the the parent, trying to protect other people who might get hurt in the process. And so sometimes you have to make those uh, difficult choices. So I really enjoyed that part of the episode where um, where some of that was kind of uh, being explored a little more into to what it's like for everybody involved. You know, they sort of had that humor at the beginning, and that was great, and it sort of got that out of the way. But then the rest, you know, focused on a deep theme, and it took itself seriously. It didn't try to make light of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're they're making sure that they put the right balance in these kinds of storylines. And I, I did. I really enjoyed the, the beginning uh, where they're at Kara's uh, place playing charades. <laughs> and uh, Mirren is shape-shifting and cheating a little bit <laughs> uh, with his shape-shifting and his mind reading. And I thought, especially given what happens at the end of the episode and how Mirren is struggling with all of this, I really liked the fact that they, the show writers gave him a little opportunity to remember something about his past and about Jean when he was little. He tells this story of little Jean cheating at some of his Martian games when he was younger and blaming his imaginary friend Zook who is a DC Comics character who was actually involved with John Jones in the comics and first appeared in Detective Comics number 11 in January 1963. And I really liked that moment because it gave Mirren a really sweet moment to be able to remember those times he had with John. With all this struggle about him not being able to remember things and not being able to recall uh, things that have happened between his family, like he at one point forgot his grandchildren. That was a moment he could remember and, and cherish. So I, I was appreciative that they gave him that, even amongst all of that humor and all of the, the fun times of the, the charades and everything. Uh, I thought that was a really sweet moment there at the beginning. I was cracking up when um, Kara was removing her shirt one button at a time. I thought that was hilarious. She did. She did not want to bust up that shirt. 
that was a shirt that she enjoyed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it either. I'd be like, I'm going to just be very careful because I want to save this shirt for later. Because I imagine that when she has to do that, that's, that's the end of the shirt. The photo booth reminded me of the Superman movie uh, where Christopher Reeve is changing inside the photo booth. And uh, he, he sees the pictures and he tears it off and gives it to the kid. I don't know if you remember that from the old movie. Yeah, that was a great callback um, to to some of that, and I, I thought that was a, a good good bit of use of humor there. Where I when when she goes in there with the uh, I think it's a Kalinorian. She goes she she goes into the photo booth with the Kalinorian, and the whole time they're in the photo booth, I'm like, man, I hope they I hope they show what these pictures look like. I hope they show it, <laughs> and then they did. I thought that was great. Um, so it was uh, it was, and I think that's a good point. It's it kind of uh, throws back to Superman and and and, uh, and booths, as it were. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So let's talk about the other characters who dealt with uh, coming to terms with who they are and what's going on in their lives and uh, trying not to hurt other people. Uh, Another big aspect of this episode was uh, Lena trying to convince Sam of the fact that she is becoming Rain or is Rain, however you want to put that. Um, And and that was a, a big revelation uh, for the show is is Sam coming to terms with that. What did you think about their, their storyline and, and what Sam's going through? I think there was too much there overall. Um, but what was there was important. I thought it was interesting when <laughs> Lena said knowledge is power, which sort of is Lex's sort of motto. <laughs> and <laughs> obviously what Lena did... Um, had to be done and uh sam i thought sam was being kind of annoying about the whole situation um i mean if she's blacking out and she's not remembering what's happening why is she doubting what she's being told i mean this is someone that she was friends with and trusted yeah i think a a large part of that is uh being in denial she did not want to believe that she could have ever done anything to kill people, to injure people, to cause chaos in the streets, to fight Supergirl. I don't think she wanted to believe that that, that could be her. And I, I got a little frustrated with Sam, too, on, on that kind of level where it's like Lena's not messing around with you. Like, she's telling you the truth. She's trying to help you. Uh, but I think I think there was just a, a big, huge amount of denial that was happening with Sam, and, and understandably so. I mean, if you were faced with the fact that you were your DNA was transforming into this super villain alien, you might have some some uh, pushback against that. So I, I guess on some level, I can understand what what Sam was uh, trying to push away. If, if she acknowledged it, then it was really happening. But if she denied it, maybe there's a chance that it wasn't real. I see what you mean. Yeah, I could get behind that. But I, I, I personally like the Sam stuff was great. I think uh, you know it was it was nice to finally see some acknowledgement about what what's going on with the split personality like i liked the even the visual of when sam becomes rain when she gets triggered and she becomes rain she goes into the field that we saw in the very first episode of this season where Kara's is in that field you know that really pretty field with monel in her dream and then all of a sudden it it becomes night and she's in this dark forest and so I thought that that was a, a good way to show that she is the flip of Kara. She is the the uh, the mirror image to Kara. She's she's the night to Kara's day, and she um, she's in that dark place. And so I thought that that was a, a good look inside of that psyche. But that what I really liked about this episode is we got a lot of information about what was going on with Rain because I've had a lot of questions about the split personality and how that works. And so we did get to find out that it is kind of one of those things where she's Sam is blacking out and Rain is taking over. And we got to kind of even see sort of what was inside Rain's side of the personality. So I liked getting more information on that. There, there has been a lot of beating around the bush. And this episode 
address the bush straight on. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. It, it gave us a huge amount. There was a huge exposition dump that happened in this episode. And I was, I was eating it up. I was like, ooh, we get all these answers. I'm very excited. We found out that Lena knew exactly what was going on with Sam. We kind of figured maybe she knew. Maybe she had figured it out, but we didn't know for sure. But in this episode, she's like, no, I know exactly what's happening to you. You are Rain. You have beaten up Supergirl. You've killed people. This is what's happening to you. Um, and I, I liked that the Lena stuff in this episode I thought was so good because Lena has been a character who is she's kind of come in and out of the show and she does things every now and then. But this I think this really gave Lena a chance to shine. She was like super sciencey. She had all the answers. She cared about Sam. I, I thought, and she even had those interactions with James that I thought were really nice. So I, re I was really digging the the Lena stuff in this episode. And she she even, uh, I mean, she lays it out. She says that Sam's body's changing on a cellular level. She talks about Sam's DNA rewriting itself, which I had a hard time wrapping my brain around because DNA is a very complicated set of code. So if it's rewriting itself, how is that happening? I had a lot of questions about that. <laughs> but um, I, I thought it was it was great the way that she finally get Sam to come to terms with what's going on. What did, what did you think about how Lena approached dealing with Sam in this episode? One of the things about this episode that makes it so great is unlike the rest of the season, they actually utilize all the characters and they, they utilize them well. And I know you have been a really big fan of this season, but that's certainly one thing that has bothered me that you see characters drop out and you're kind of like, what's going on with them? And so it felt a little inconsistent. But this episode really utilized everything that the show has built up. I agree. I agree. I think they've they, the last couple of episodes, I think I think they've done a really good job of balancing characters and screen time and story and trying to make it all fit and make it all um, cohesive together. And I think they did a good job of that with the, the storylines and the themes that were going on and just the, the character interaction I thought was really good. Everybody had something to do. Everybody played a part in it. Even, even the, since we're talking about Lena, even the stuff with James, he was pivotal in her figuring out how to approach the Sam situation because she was sort of striking out, you know, she wasn't getting through to Sam. And when James comes over and tells her that story about his roommate and how he sort of just had to hold a mirror up to his roommate that clicked something in Lena and gave her the idea of actually showing Sam. And I thought that was really smart, you know, just record her as rain and play it back to her so that she can actually see the evidence for herself. That's the only way she was going to accept it is that if she saw it for herself. And I guess when you see, you know, video recordings of yourself using, using heat vision, that's, that's, uh, that's maybe going to change your mind a little bit about you being a, uh, a Kryptonian alien. So I thought that that was really smart, and it and it gave James something to do, and it made him important in the episode, even though he had uh, you know a small amount of screen time. Right. And so you mentioned how uh, Lena was a, a little bit Luther like. I I enjoyed the line of uh, when Sam. Uh, says to Lena, she's she's kind of agitated with Lena. She, she says, you ask an oncologist, they'll say cancer. You ask a surgeon, they'll cut you open. You ask a Luther, they'll tell you you're a supervillain. And I, I I thought that was a great line. And and I, I had to feel for Lena in that moment because she's tried to do so much to get away from her Lutherness and being associated with the bad things. And here she was having that being thrown in her face when she was trying to help somebody. And help her friend. So I, I really felt for her in that moment. Yeah. So what did you think? We we sort of briefly briefly mentioned Monel and Kara. What did, what did you think about their relationship in this episode and their dynamic and uh, and uh, especially I want to get your thoughts on the cape tricks. Well, what did you think about uh, Monel teaching Kara how to use her cape properly? It was great that they finally you know addressed the, the elephant in the room, and I for one. After having read the world of Krypton comics, the world of new Krypton comics, and seeing Monel in the comics, I was looking forward to seeing him in his red costume, and I was, I was like, so happy to finally see it. Uh, as far as the cape, um, I thought it was interesting because uh, 
it was cool that they decided to use the cape for something new and useful rather than the initially stated aerodynamics. And it was also nice to see a reversal of master and student, which ironically also fits that similar dynamic of, uh, you know, the son becomes the father, father becomes the son. It's like the student becomes the master, the master becomes the student. And it was also interesting to hear Monel recruit Supergirl to the Legion because it's always been Superboy that joined the Legion of Superheroes in the comics. Yeah, I got really excited about that line. He tells Kara, he says, I think it's time we make you a Legionnaire. And I was like, yes, please do that. Because I have actually been reading through the Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes. I think it's uh, the Mark Wade run. I think it's... It's, yeah, I think that's the Mark Wade. Um, So I've been reading a lot of comics where Supergirl's been hanging out with the Legion. And even the the stuff I just read, she was, you know, she was elected the the Legionnaire leader at one point. And Supergirl has a a big history with the Legion. And even in adapted media in the uh, DCAU, she goes off with the, that's kind of how she uh, pieces out of the animated universe. She goes to the future with the Legion. Uh, even in Smallville, she puts on a Legion ring when she, you know, has her last appearance. So she has a long history with the Legion of Superheroes. So I, I want to see Kara put that ring on. <laughs> I, I don't want to say Monel put a ring on it uh, because I'm uh, totally against the uh, the hint of the love triangle. So I don't want to use those those <laughs> those terms. Um, but I, I would love to see her get a Legion flight ring. I, I that would make me so happy by the end of the season if she becomes a Legionnaire. So I. <laughs> I will admit, I got really, really excited about that. And uh, I I do agree with you. It was really fun to see capes uh, have another function just besides looking cool and possibly helping them fly. I was really surprised by how that kind of came into play. And they they got to use that in this episode, especially during the DEO fight that was happening. Uh, They actually got to use those skills in that fight. So I'm, I'm curious if she actually will, if Supergirl will use that, uh, against a, a rain fight in the future. And, uh, uh, I thought it was funny that mon called it smart cloth. So there, there was that. Um, and I, I will agree as well that, uh, it was, it was nice to see the, uh, the student become the master, uh, because Supergirl did, you know, Kara did struggle there. She, she wasn't getting it. She wasn't getting it. And all of a sudden she eventually got it after a lot of practice. It's nice to see that even Supergirl has to practice to be good at something that makes me feel a lot better about myself, <laughs> myself. Supergirl originally was, was training Monel, and now it's, it's sort of a role reversal. Absolutely. Absolutely. He at one point had to be taught how to be a hero and he's now gone to the future having had all this experience and he's come back a better hero and he gets to teach her something. So I think that's that that's actually really fitting. And uh, you mentioned Kara getting to drop some truth bombs on Monel. She actually says a lot of things that were on her heart, even though she didn't want to say them the way she did. And uh, she she was pretty harsh with him. She says, I gave my heart to a lying jackass. <laughs> Ooh, those were some harsh words, but, you know, it is what, what she felt. And I've been, uh, to be totally honest with you, I've been a little worried that they're going to play up this love triangle between Kara and Emra and Monel. And I don't, I don't want to see it because I don't want to have feel about it because Monel and Emra are married. And it's just, it's, it's not something I particularly want to see. But I came away from this episode feeling better about that because I don't know that they, it, at least from this episode, it doesn't seem like they want to make Kara and Monel a romantic pairing anymore. It seems like they're in a good place where they've kind of come to terms with their relationship and how it's ended. How do you feel about that? Do you think that they're going to build them up to be romantic again? Or do you think that they have just kind of decided to uh, move on? What, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think that uh, this pretty much nips it in the bud a bit. And I think any concern about that love triangle um, is fizzling. Yeah. I, I felt a lot better about their situation from this episode. And, and I, I thought it was good on Monel that he, I was really proud of him in some ways because he took a lot of heat from Kara 
she she said a lot of mean, hurtful things to him, and he he took it, he internalized it, and he understood where she was coming from. And he even tells her, he says, it's not news to me that I used to be a jerk. Like, he, he knows this stuff. He, he understands what he used to be. And um, so I'm glad that he... Uh, he and Kara sort of they make this agreement there that in the future there'll be no more apologies between them. They won't continually say I'm sorry to each other. And I, I thought that was really actually very good. I know there are a lot of people who want to see them be romantically involved. I would not mind it if he was not married. <laughs> like if he had just come back from the future and he was still single, that would have been fine. Uh, but you know, the marriage, the thing, the, the, uh, the wife thing kind of gets in the way there. Uh, but I do like that they, that they made peace with each other and they have come to terms at least to, uh, start over. And I thought that was really nice, whether they get romantically involved in the future or not. I'm glad they're at a place where they, they feel good about each other and, and feel like they can, can, uh, at least be friends, uh, and be heroes. They, they go and be heroes together at the end, which I liked. Uh, so I, I felt a lot about, uh, felt a lot better about their situation and their relationship. And it was nice to see Monel matured, uh, you know, and he's acting more like what I'm used to, at least in the comics. But, um, I wish he would shave. <laughs> you don't like the beard? <laughs> it's, it doesn't look like it's fully grown and, Looks like he's trying too hard to make it look good. <laughs> I I don't know. I think the uh, beard shows that he's a wiser, a wiser, uh, more world weary. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I get that, but I don't know. I, yeah, I know. I agree. I think at some point he could he could maybe lose the beard. I think at some point it wouldn't be terrible if he shaved it. Uh, but uh, maybe, maybe he really just, maybe he likes the beard. Maybe, uh, maybe he feels it gives him a distinguished look. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, that, that's funny. Uh, so what are your thoughts, uh, since, since I haven't talked to you about this, what are your thoughts on the world killers and this hint that uh, another one is coming pestilence, uh, we saw at the end, which was kind of hilarious. I'm not going to lie. I sort of laughed at the birds falling from the sky. It was just kind of humorous to me, uh, which I know sounds terrible, but the the way it happened, it just kind of made me laugh. No, yeah, it looked like a it looked like a rubber chicken falling. <laughs> yeah, from the sky. It, it did look a little bit like that. So, so maybe they could have done a little bit better job there because yeah, I think it was supposed to be threatening, but it was kind of humorous. Um, but what are you? But what are your thoughts on uh, pestilence uh, and the world killer? What what do you think is going to happen with them? Well, first off, they could have really played on this whole reveal of like who Rain is, which they didn't do, and I think that would have made the the show more uh, enticing. Um, as far as the world killers in general, okay, Rain, sure, you know we see her, you know, beat up Kara, but. Uh, just the the notion that these world killers are a threat to the planet you don't get that sense so i feel like it could have been done a little better yeah i'm thinking that maybe once the world killers are all together they'll be more of a more of a threat to be reckoned with and i i think that will be the time when it will start to get you know it'll start to get real when they are <laughs> when they're all together i think right now they're kind of sporadic you know rain is in uh one location purity i don't know where she is at this point and then pestilence we know is coming so i don't think there is much of a threat separated but i i i can see a point maybe towards the end of the season i'm hoping at least when they're all together that's when stuff is really going to go down because when you have multiple people i mean we saw what rain did to supergirl uh uh before uh christmas time uh, if there are m multiple rains out there, basically, that's that's going to be tough to to handle. So, hopefully, we'll get to see more threatening villainy type things when uh, when they all get together. And that makes me wonder how Sam, you know, is Sam going to stay in the <laughs> the underground medical bunker that Lena has her in? Is she going to escape? Are the world killers going to come and get her? 
I'm very curious as to uh, how Rain, because I'm assuming that Rain is eventually going to get out and and join the other world killers. So I'm I'm wondering how that goes down. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about the episode that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. Hopefully, they'll maintain this level of of uh, storytelling same here i'm i'm really hoping the momentum continues because uh i know you mentioned it i i have really been loving the season of supergirl and i think it's been uh it's just been very exciting to watch and i'm i'm always wanting to see the next episode and so i'm i'm hoping that they can continue the momentum with what they've been setting up um couple things that i wanted to mention uh Let's see. I'm trying to make sure that I go through all my notes. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention to listeners who hadn't seen this on Twitter, which I thought was really interesting. I'll try to go through this pretty quickly because it's pretty lengthy. Um, one of the writers of the show, Eric Carrasco, show, uh, shared this uh sort of behind-the-scenes tidbit on the game that Mirren was playing when Jean came by the apartment. It sort of looked like Chinese checkers a little bit to me. Um, they called this the Ock Rock Talk Board, and it was designed uh, by uh, people on the show. And so according to the people who designed the game, uh, they say, like chess, there are a definitive amount of spaces on the board. In this case, they are circular in structure and always spiral to the center. But the catch is, as in all Martian technology, is that the game, fields, uh, the game field changes with each game in the form of sacred geometry and fractals. The idea is being perfect is bring, is the idea is to bring perfect balance to the board with each player starting with 23 orbs, uh, which is a sacred prime number. And thus, you can only have one person balance the board with this prime. Your moves are based on prime numbers. The gold player moves inward clockwise, and the bronze player moves counterclockwise. All the orbs start on the outer side of the board and can enter into the closest ring of circles. If the number of moves inward exceeds the amount of descending circles and the orb returns to the entry circle and continues inward until the desired prime number is achieved. So there's a lot of, uh, and I could continue on, there's a whole like three-page description of this game. So they really thought through the game that Mirren was playing in the apartment. And it's it seems very complicated. It seems like it has a lot of math involved. Um, so I just thought that that was great that they have uh, paid so much attention to something as small as that game. <laughs> and I also thought on a Supergirl radio level, um, so my, co- my co-host Morgan, she, a couple of episodes ago, when we were talking and sort of speculating about how Lena was going to figure out things with Sam, she she joked that Sam that Lena was going to take all of the times that uh, Sam blacked out and kind of make a spreadsheet and <laughs> go and go back and figure out that she was Rain. And she kind of did that in this episode. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty funny. Morgan, you are right on the money. Nailed it. <laughs> and we also found out that Ruby was staying with a nanny that Lena had set up, which was something we talked about last week. So uh, we nailed it there. So uh, some Supergirl radio speculations have been coming true. So uh, that's that's just been kind of <laughs> rewarding on a podcasting level. Uh, the only thing that I have had an issue with uh, – in some writing aspects of the show, I think this happened early on in season one with Indigo, is that they will sometimes mention uh, Old Testament in here with these characters. I think uh, Indigo mentioned the Old Testament. Uh, Monel mentioned that the the pestilence, the the blight. Uh, brings plagues and diseases, and he calls it real Old Testament stuff. And I'm like, how does Monel know about the Old Testament? Has he been reading the Bible? What is he? I mean, I know he's he studied Shakespeare because he studied Romeo and Juliet. Uh, so maybe he maybe he is maybe he's a very learned individual now. He's been studying all sorts of books and all sorts of uh, cultural uh, things to make sure that he knows about. 
So I just thought that was funny. I was like, wow, I guess uh, Monel's been studying. He's been going to Bible study. Uh, he, he knows about the Old Testament. Right. He's been spending time in the, the 31st century. He's learned about history. He's learned about cultures and religions. Maybe, you know, and maybe in the future they have a faster way to, to take that in so that you can consume all of that information. So I, I maybe I'm being a little too hard on Monel. Maybe he has been studying up and he knows his stuff now. So I thought that that was really funny. Well, uh, let's get to some listener feedback. So we'll start with some tweets. Uh, the first one's from at Paradox Kid, who says, These post-hiatus episodes have really shown just how good the show can be. Pure, powerful performances. Mr. Harewood and Mr. Lumbly somehow elevated their already stellar chemistry. Lena and Sam's stuff was great as well. Kara's outburst at Monel felt like an apology from the writers. <laughs> eh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I, 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 I think they definitely understood how some fans felt about Monel last season. I, I, I don't know if you know, uh, Alessandro, uh, on Supergirl Radio, we have what we call the Mon Scale. It's a sliding scale of how we feel about Monel in any given episode at any given point. <laughs> sometimes we're Mon positive if we feel good about Monel. Sometimes we're Mon negative. Uh, but I think this this week I was Mon positive. Last week I was more Mon negative. I was sliding down to Mon negative. But this week I was Mon positive. So uh, so I think the writers uh, have understood that some fans were not as happy with his character last season, and uh, they've. They've uh, gone out of their way to try to make it up to people, I think. And so uh, Monel seems to have embraced the fact that he he has changed and tried to become a better person. Well, I've always been Mon positive, but this episode, I was Mon really positive. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, I'm Mon positive. I, I do slide down occasionally. Uh, uh, the, the hint of the love triangle was starting to really drag me down to that Mon negative. But for the most part, I, I, I kind of... Uh, we have, we have, uh, so I'm trying to remember mon positive, mon neutral, mon, uh, negative. And I think maybe mon apathetic might have to be in the bottom because if you're mon apathetic, you, you just don't, you don't care one way or the other. Uh, so I think, uh, for the most part, I, I, I sit in the mon positive, uh, mon positive to like the mon neutral to mon positive is where I usually reside. So this, this week, definitely mon positive. Uh, a listener named at Ma, Ma of the Ocean uh, says having Cara punch and go off at Monel was so cathartic. What's happening to Mirren is really hitting close to home, and lots of space family feelings are happening. Also, I would like to put money on Kara being dead in the future, having failed to defeat the world killers. Well, now that's a speculation. Uh, what do you think about that, Alessandra? Do you think that they uh, might have the world killers kill Supergirl? Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I was thinking how cool it would be if next season would, took place in the future. Oh, now that's that's a good speculation, too. That That could happen. I mean, with the Legion of Superheroes, you never know. Um, they could, they could end up going, I, I would be down for seeing Kara go to the 31st century. I think, I think that'd be really cool. She got very excited about that 31st century technology yeah. in, the tra- <laughs> in the training room. She enjoyed that. So that would be really cool if they got to do that. But yeah, Kara being dead, I don't know. They, they sort of played with that during the rain episode when rain and Supergirl had that big fight in the streets. And uh, so I don't see them repeating that because I think they kind of already played with that idea. So I think I think Kara is going to be uh, Kara and all of her team, right? Team Supergirl, the Legion. I think I think they're going to come through. I have a lot of faith in them to defeat the world killers. So uh, we'll we'll have to see what happens. Uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui says that speech Kara gave to Monel was everything I've ever wanted from this show. But it doesn't really matter because they just keep insisting on this relationship anyway. So what is the point? Also, James was really stalkerish this episode, and it was kind of creepy. <laughs> Hashtag Pam from HR was here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 we talked about it a little bit, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're really hinting, hinting at anything romantic with Cara and Monel at this point. Um, James, I don't know. I think James is just trying to be a good boyfriend. He brought her dinner. He wanted to make sure she was eating something. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm totally down for that. Honestly, I thought James was being stalkerish last episode. <laughs> well, he did call her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this episode, I thought I, I was like, you know what? If 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 James was my, I, I guess 
their boyfriend a girlfriend. I don't know that they've uh, drawn any of those lines yet between the two of them, but I thought it was really nice of him to bring her dinner. That was very thoughtful. So I, I'm totally, I'm, I'm James positive. If we're going to have a James sliding scale, <laughs> I thought he was great in this episode. And uh, a lot of uh, listeners, and I know we'll see this in these tweets, but a lot of people are excited about Pam from HR. Uh, on Supergirl Radio, we love the minor characters on the show. We uh, were really sad when Kelly died. Uh, we love Brian the Alien and Pam from HR. We've had a lot of questions about Pam from HR. She seems kind of sketchy. And in this episode, we actually got to see Pam. And she uh, came after when. So that was really funny. Um Alessandra, on Monday nights, I try to live tweet the show. So uh, I was having problems last night because we had some bad weather in my area, and I guess it affected my cable somehow. And I, I, it, like every 30 seconds, it would just, it would freeze up. The video would freeze up. So I, I kind of could see what was happening, but not everything. And at some point, I kept getting all these tweets, like, Pam from HR, Pam from HR, like all caps. Like, I kept getting these tweets from our listeners about Pam from HR. And I was like, oh, the one time my cable was screwing up, I missed Pam from HR. So it was crazy. So we actually did get a Pam sighting. Hopefully, she'll, uh, she'll recur in, uh, in episodes in the future, because that was pretty exciting to get to see her. Um, so uh, a listener named at Patty Mello 20 says, Lena Luther is the best human on this show. At this point, if they try to turn her to the dark side, the reason would have to be monumental for me to buy it. I'm so sad for Space Dad. I also have family with similar issues, so this storyline is hitting hard. Also, Pam from HR! So uh, a lot of uh, emotional things going on for people and, uh, and uh, some excitement about Pam again. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree that if they, if they tried to make Lena go to a bad Luther place at this point, it would have to be something really, really big. Because she, I think Lena has, uh, she's earned my trust, I guess you could say. Well, I could think of a scenario. Uh, what's that scenario? Let's say... Um Something really bad happens to Lena, and Supergirl could have prevented it. And in the process, Lena learns that Supergirl is Kara. Then she would feel a total sense of betrayal, and it would really throw her into a downward spiral and just like say, you know, I can't trust people. I think that could happen. Uh, that's something that's sort of been looming under the Kara-Lena friendship that Kara uh, has not shared her secret with her. And so I think there's always that possibility that if Kara uh, doesn't tell her, Lena could see that as betrayal. So that is definitely a possibility. Um, at Madtown Davidson tweets, Mirren's situation is not a perfect metaphor for Alzheimer's or dementia. But I appreciate a superhero show I love attempting to tackle these kinds of tough choices. I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's, so I relate to Jean and Mirren's situation. And I really appreciate everybody, you know, sharing their stories and, and um, uh, being open about that kind of thing. Because I think it is a, a good way to um, talk about these kinds of issues. You know, if you get to see, you know, your favorite fictional uh characters go through this it's a way to um identify with the situation and and kind of help help yourself deal with it i i, I know personally that that's that's been the case uh for me and in multiple shows that i've watched so i really appreciate when shows uh give you the opportunity to kind of look look inward a little bit at rachel joy 23 tweeted i was mon positive this week but everyone in this episode was great Lena and Sam's scenes were amazing. Mirren and Jean were amazing. Kara's rant was great. All the Space Family scenes were so good. And I even liked James and Lena as a couple this week. All around excellent work. And I would agree at Rachel Joy 23 I bought James and Lena more as a couple this week than I ever have. Um, I think it was the dinner thing. I think anytime a man brings you food, you, you got you to, gotta, uh, you know, 
respect that. Uh, so, so um, our last tweet comes from at Chris Fundalinski. Uh, she says, every scene with Lena and Sam was amazing, especially the moment when Sam watched the video of herself as Rain. So much heart in this episode all around. I also think that the Supergirl writers took to heart what fans didn't like about Caramel, which is Cara and Monel, and tried to make up for it. Uh, uh, Alessandra, would you uh, read our email from Alex for us? Sure. So Alex writes, I have always believed that the best television shows have episodes that the audience can relate with. I believe that is why the Mirren storyline has been so compelling. I don't know anyone who has not had an elderly family member go through dementia, Alzheimer's, or some issue that required the children to become the parents. Carl Lumley and David Harewood have a great father-son chemistry that is really pushing this storyline. Also, Sam telling Lena at the end not to tell Ruby where she is until she is cured was heartbreaking. That being said, I really love that Wynn was more afraid of Pam from HR than a rampaging group of aliens in the DEO. <laughs> I hope we see more of Pam and that she does not become the season three version of Kelly from season one. Yeah, I hope uh, Pam from HR does not meet an untimely end. Let's hope, <laughs> let's hope she gets to st- stick around because I think there's, there's more that we can get from Pam from HR. I think she's got a backstory. I think she's got a history that we have not explored yet. So hopefully we'll get to see more, more of her because I think a lot of people are very excited to see her last night um and i would also agree that the uh the moment where sam tells lena don't tell me don't tell me where you're keeping ruby i thought that that was really important because sam has now taken to heart that she has this other personality inside of her and if and if sam knows where ruby is then that means rain knows where ruby is i thought that that was very mature and and smart of her to make sure that she didn't know that information so yeah that was that was really heartbreaking because you know ruby has no idea what's going on and sam has to kind of play it off like everything is normal and fine when it really is not it's definitely not and we have another email from emily who writes Quote, I really enjoyed In Search of Lost Time. I'll admit to being Mon negative almost since his character appeared, and everything Kara said in her Mirren-induced anger is so true, and I needed it to be said. But somehow it wasn't satisfying to me. I think maybe because it was said in anger and not in the reasonable way that Kara is capable of. I'm so glad they had Lena truly figure it out for real and be able to convince Sam of the truth within this episode. I have questions about the science of all this and how Lena is able to keep her contained. But Odette Annabelle was wonderful in this. So heartbreaking when she accepted the truth. And James, usually an afterthought and not much different here, uh, but I did enjoy his being the supportive boyfriend, even if I'm not fully on board with their relationship yet, unquote. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a, a great uh, episode for all of these characters. And uh, even uh, with James, I, I know I've talked a lot about him. I was really proud of him and bringing that dinner to Lena because, come on, that's good stuff. Uh, but he also had that conversation with her about, you know, if you think this is a secret you need to keep, I'm going to respect that. I thought that that was really interesting uh, because Lena does have some secrets and James has some secrets. So they've decided to, you know, trust each other. I thought that was actually refreshingly honest. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how uh, also how people have been treating Monel and, and where they are on the Mon scale at this point. I think uh, it's it's interesting to see where everybody is. Well, and before we wrap up, we have some Snap Judgments. We have some sent in by our listeners. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. All right, so our first snap judgment that we have is from a listener named Andrew who asks, which emotional moment hit you harder, Jean and Mirren or Sam and Lena? So what would you say to that, Alessandra? Which would you pick? Definitely Jean and Mirren. I think I would go with Jean and Mirren as well. Um, I was I was really uh, broken up about him confessing to the DEO. I thought that was really big of him to do. 
so our next snap judgment uh, coming from Andrew. He asks, which fight scene was better? Alex and Jean against Wynn and Demos or the DEO versus Alex, Supergirl, Monel, and Jean? Definitely that one because as soon as like all the bad guys got unleashed, I was like, oh, man, this is epic. <laughs> so definitely that. <laughs> yeah, white Martians and all kinds of things were happening. Um, Monel like stops a – what was it? Like a bazooka? I don't know. He he stopped something with the cape. I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> um, yeah, there was a there was a lot going on, and that one even uh, showed off Mirren uh, phasing through levels of the building. I thought that, that was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I would de- I would definitely pick that second one where uh, it was basically the DEO versus uh, everybody else. Yeah, that was a, that was a good action sequence. Okay, so we have a snap judgment from at Chris Fundalinski who asks, uh, "Seeing a backstory for Brian the alien or." Seeing a backstory for Pam from HR. Which one would you rather see, Alessandro? Would you see want to know more about Brian the Alien or Pam from HR? Um, probably, probably Brian the Alien. Supergirl Radio, we, we just have a tendency to glom onto these minor characters. And we're like, what is going on with Pam from HR? We, we even talked about her last week, even. We talked about Pam, uh, okay. Pam from <laughs> HR. Uh, and we, we sort of suspected that she might have a past, some sort of secret past. <laughs> so we, we like to speculate about Pam from HR. But this is a hard question for me uh, at Chris Bundelinski. This is very, very difficult um, because I do love Brian the Alien, and I'm also very curious about Pam from HR. Uh, but I think I would want to know more about Brian the Alien. I want to know where he comes from, what kind of race of alien he is, how did he get here, what's he doing in those suits. He seems like he has a really a sketchy situation, but he also seems like a businessman. So I want to know what he does during the day. Very curious about that. Um, but I would take either one. But I'll, for the sake of the snap judgment, uh, per the rules, you have to choose one. So I would pick Brian the Alien. Okay, so for our last snap judgment, which uh, is going to be uh, probably the most brutal snap judgment we've had on Supergirl Radio. This one comes from at Mark HBPWM, who asks, which is worse, when being told off for only getting his job by being a friend of Supergirl or Monel being told off for being such a bad boyfriend that the Mon scale had to be invented to express it. <laughs> so, which do you think is worse? Uh, when being told off for being a friend of Supergirl or Monel being such a bad boyfriend that we had to create a scale in order to express how we feel about him? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by worse. Uh, but I. <laughs> I would go with uh, the Monel one because it was it was worse in intensity, but also better in finally addressing it. The, the win thing kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, I th- I'm sure win has to deal with the the kind of um, what do they call that when you uh, when you get a job based on knowing somebody or having a f- family. Family member, yeah, uh, nepotism. Yes, that's it. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure he has to kind of deal with how how he got that job. But I I I would think I would think that the Monel uh, being uh, being such a bad boyfriend that we had to invent the Mon scale. I think that's that's probably worse. I don't know how much worse you could get from that. So <laughs> I would dev I would definitely go with that option. No judgments on your snap judgments. Well, thank you everybody who sent in uh, tweets and emails and snap judgments. Uh, Thank you all for sending in your thoughts and your questions. Uh, But I think that's going to do it for um, our discussion of In Search of Lost Time. And thank you so much, Alessandro, for coming on Supergirl Radio. We we get to kind of uh, share thoughts about the the DC films on the the JLU podcast and and get to talk about that side of the DC universe. But it's been really fun to talk to you about Supergirl and the the DC TV side of it. Um, So where can our uh, listeners uh, find you on the internet? Oh, well, I'm I'm on Twitter at Raven, R-A-V-E-R-Y-N. Um, and I tend to show up, you know, here and there. <laughs> 
And uh, we probably should mention that uh, you can listen to our thoughts. You can hear Alessandro uh, a good bit. You can actually hear his voice on a JLU podcast. He, he pops up uh, for a good bit there. Um, so if you want to listen to JLU uh, podcast, we t- we're currently talking about Wonder Woman and Justice League. So you can find uh, us and uh, the podcast over there at jluniverse.podomatic.com. And anywhere you get podcasts, yeah, you can find it. And uh, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify, where we also have a playlist that includes music featured on the show. And uh, we'll have the new jams for this week on there as well. Uh, we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review over there. And Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. You can uh, subscribe to our mega feed, and that will get uh, get you every episode that comes through the DC TV Podcast Network. So it's actually if you're if you're a fan of all the podcasts on our network. That's a great way to get it because it just uh, automatically puts all of them up there for you. And uh, we have a T Public store, so if you want to go check out the merchandise that we've curated and collected for you, uh, you can go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public link at the top of the page. And uh, we'll be running some some uh, sales and uh, have some thirty uh, percent offs for you. We just we just had a sale, but uh, they'll, they'll happen every month, so uh, be on the lookout for that. You can get a couple bucks off your purchase. And uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. You can also follow me on Instagram at the TheDerbyKid if you want to see any of my pictures. And if you want to check out some videos of mine, uh, you can do that over at YouTube.com slash DuckMilkProd. I just finished a new Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice video for Zack Snyder's uh, references challenge that he put out. So if you want to go check that out, it's a... Uh, it's a video uh, less than four minutes long about some really uh, deep philosophical thoughts and big questions. So if you're into that, uh, check it out. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for this episode on In Search of Lost Time. But if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson, and I agree with Monel. I think it's time they make Supergirl a Legionnaire. you're up against. Soon it will manifest in people. It's 100% fatal and extremely contagious. It's a nightmare. There's no cure. The last thing we need is a panic. I'm from the future. The blight happens. They're coming for us. You fail. Supergirl. All new episode Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Of Two Minds. The official description reads, quote, Supergirl and Emra have different ideas on how to stop the third world killer, Pestilence. However, when both Alex and Wynn are seriously injured by Pestilence, Supergirl and Emra team up to stop the destruction, unquote. So, Alessandro, what in this uh, description uh, it piques your interest the most. Um, pestilence injuring somebody because we're not seeing enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'm curious uh, if I, I I don't know. I haven't seen what pestilence looks like. I don't know uh, what to expect. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she's going to look like. But I'm very interested to seeing what they do with this new world killer um, and how they uh, show any of her powers. Like I know Purity had a little bit of a different uh, power set than Rain did. She had that like sort of sonic scream, almost kind of like a black canary canary cry. She had that that big scream that knocked out a bunch of windows and stuff in the DO. So I'm wondering if Pestilence will have uh, a different set of skills that she brings to the table. And I'm also very curious about Supergirl and Emra because I thought they were friends a little bit there in that episode of Fort Roz when they when they went to space into Fort Roz and they sort of teamed up and worked together and felt like they were in, in a good place. But now it seems like they're going to maybe, you know, fight a little bit. And I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm going to be very upset. Well, even the best of friends, you know, fight once in a while. Well, that's true. They they had they, they may have just have a, a, a simple disagreement on how to handle things. Uh, but it sounds like maybe, I don't know, this description sort of maybe gives it away a little bit. It's like they're going to fight, but then they're going to kind of make up and, and figure it out and, and be a team again. So uh, I guess that, that makes me feel a little bit better that they'll they'll eventually get over what whatever is uh, causing some uh, tension in their friendship. So hopefully we'll get to see a lot of good Saturn Girl stuff and a lot of good uh, Saturn Girl and Supergirl team up. So I'm, that's I think that's probably the most I'm excited about uh, the World Killer stuff. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a little hesitant about because I don't know what they're going to do with them. Uh, but the Supergirl and Emmer stuff, I'm very very excited about. Well, I'm hoping that Pestilence is going to be like full-blown villain and not like oh who am i you know (laughs) (laughs) oh i have the split personality i I still want to be a good person yeah no i totally totally understand because they did play that up with purity a little bit where um where julia was sort of trying to struggle and try to fight her world killer nature so there was some of that and we've seen it with sam so i i'm with you i'm like pestilence better be bringing the villain next week (laughs) i i i agree Well, I think that's going to do it for our spoiler section. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.